Hello, folks, and welcome to the Knickknack Podcast, Season 9, Episode 22. I'm calling the Spring Lobby Wrap-Up Part 1. Uh, I'm joined by my friend Jack, Paige, and Peter. Hello. Uh, we uh, all, hi. We all went on a trip together to D.C. to do Spring Lobby, and we're just going to kind of do a, I don't want to say a post-mortem, but that's the best word I can think of, uh, so do a post-mortem on the trip, what we experienced, what we did, that sort of thing. So uh, with, we'll start with anybody that wants to go first. Uh, how did you learn about and decide to go to Spring Lobby weekend? I was thinking we could actually start with the autopsy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. That is really funny. Well, I, uh, as many of you, I learned about the trip from my wonderful roommate, Megan, and I, uh, I decided to go just because I care a lot about the issue, and we were able to fundraise um, so well that it was such a, it was just an amazing opportunity, too good to miss. Yeah, what about you, Paige and Peter? Um, I also learned about it from Megan. She is, uh, I guess it was kind of like her job to get people to go. She was like an intern with FCNL, so... She told me about it, and I had read um, The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander, and I actually read it out loud to Peter after I finished reading it, because it was really good. And um, so when she said, you know, you can go, probably expenses paid, and um, and it's about mass incarceration, I was like, yeah, well, obviously I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I got roped in the same way I had just recently become friends with Megan, and, you know, we had lunch or something, and she was telling me about the weekend, and I was kind of like, well, you know, I've got this weekly podcast that I do, and I don't want to be away from that for too long, but then she pointed out, hey, it's good content for the podcast, and I'm like, you know what, you're right, <laughs> and, you know, if we can fundraise, then we don't have to pay any money, and that's exactly what we were able to do, thanks to Chico Friends and FCNL Friends Committee for National Legislation. They paid for, the, like, 99.9% of the trip together. Yeah, uh, they're awesome. They are <laughs> awesome, and and Paige and Peter are even more awesomer because we kept getting stuck in places where we needed Ubers, and they, you know, sprung the money for it initially, and I gave Peter 20 bucks, but I get the feeling that we haven't entirely paid you back yet. So thank you, Paige and Peter, for that. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I don't really consider it, like, um, I mean, it's all for a good, good cause, you know? Yeah, hopefully Megan will be able to get some of it reimbursed, and maybe we'll actually be able to give you some money back if it if all the paperwork goes through. Yeah, well, it's it's def- definitely awesome what FCNL did, and uh, Again, what Chico Friends did, the local chapter of the the Quaker organization, uh, because most of our fundraising came from there, and uh, I think they could tell that we were very dedicated and very interested in the issue, so big thanks to them. So I guess moving on, um, how did you guys feel the conference portion of the weekend went? Um, The conferences... Was that was actually probably the hardest part for me, like the first two days, because it was a lot of content and it was in a big room and it was noisy and like there were fluorescent lights and we were 
Well, I was, like, really jet-lagged and, like, had a hard time sleeping, and there was that time change. So it was hard on me, but I really liked uh, the workshop days. That's cool. What do you think, Jack? Well, I, uh, I just had a great time. I really enjoyed the, the speakers. They, um, they brought in a lot of new information to the table that I hadn't known about before and also repeated a lot of stuff that I didn't know um, and I especially appreciated the speakers who were both informative and inspiring. Had a really, uh, they had a lot of good stuff in there because it is a faith-based organization. A lot of really good stuff in there about why we are morally responsible to fix this broken system because these are beautiful children of God just being absolutely screwed over and having their families ripped apart. And uh, it was really inspiring to hear about. Yeah, I think... Uh for my part, the conference part was a little hard to get through. I, like like Paige, was kind of very tired and, you know, trying to stay awake through the conferences. But uh, I took special note of Congre- or Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey who made this awesome speech that I, I, I think you, you were gone for it, Jack. But, uh, I was napping in the hotel. <laughs> yeah, but everyone else, uh, you know, Peter, Paige, and Megan, we were all just blown away by this guy. He was, I, I'd say, Cory Booker for president in, like, 2022. I think that would be the next year, because we have to assume that a Democrat's going to win the election this time, right? <laughs> yeah, Peter grabbed, like, Cory Booker was taking... Um questions from the audience and he called on someone and he handed the microphone to Peter to pass it, so... Peter's got a connection. <laughs> President. That's what I, kind that's of, what I kind thought. Of deal. Uh. Didn't you didn't you ask a question of Corey? It just didn't get they didn't get time to answer or did you ask a question before no, we, were, we were waiting for Corey Booker to uh, make an appearance and they were killing time. And so I, I was like, Alright, I and I asked a question of the moderator right before Corey Booker. Yeah, he asked her what um, what CD is in her CD player? And she said it was Cat Stevens. And then Cory Booker walked in the room, and everybody started clapping. And for a second, I think that she thought everyone was clapping because she had Cat Stevens in her CD player. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it was, I, the conference was a bit hard to take for me, but uh, Cory Booker topped it off in a very positive way. Uh, what were your thoughts on that, Peter? I don't think we heard from you. Oh, um, I thought it was uh, really inspirational. I'm kind of like, I kind of get into that sort of thing. You know, you get a good group of well-intentioned people together in the same room with a, with a similar goal, and I'm, I'm just right on board. So I, I fell right in. I jumped right in with both feet. Yeah. I, I'm amazed at the guts you guys have. Like, I can host a podcast, but I can't talk publicly on a microphone, so I couldn't ask any questions. I just didn't have the guts to do it. Yeah. Uh, but good on you guys that did it. Um, so, let's see, what else? Um, so, what did we actually learn about the issue of mass incarceration that we didn't know going into the conference section? Um, I don't know. I read. I read a, you know like a couple hundred pages on it already. So a lot of the stuff in the conference was um, like rehashing stuff, which is great because a lot of the people there were students, uh, like high school students even, who probably hadn't heard it before. Right. Um, but, yeah, I liked uh, the personal stories 
you know, um, John D shared his story and, um, we got to hear about other people's like, so those personal stories were, um, some of the highlights for me. Yeah. The personal stories definitely resonated with me the most. I, uh, you know, cause I, I intellectually understand the idea that we're locking people up for a long, long time and we're making them do essentially lave, slave labor yeah. more, more or less. And, you know, I, intellectually I understand that and I'm against that but to hear the personal stories from John D and the rest um, that really brought it home to me especially since uh, many of the people that we saw speak were people of color and that's you know who this is drastically affecting I mean all you know the group right here as we're sitting here talking you know might we might have police interaction through a protest uh, Poor Peter occasionally gets pulled over because he's poor, or his car looks bad, or whatever the hell the cops have against you, poor Peter. But, you know, we, we've got this white privilege thing going on. We've got this thing where, you know, generally speaking, we're not going to be harassed by cops, you know, as we go about our business. But That's true. But, um, you know, we there's this whole other world that I, I think we don't see, partly because we live in Chico, and she goes so white privilege, white privilege central, but also because we're white and we just, you know, we just don't know about it. Uh, what about you, Jack? What were your feelings on what you learned about mass incarceration? Well, I came into the weekend with um, with a more basic understanding of mass incarceration, like um, just an intuitive sense that. Um, from my vantage point in the world, it's just obvious by looking at basic statistics that what's happening with our criminal justice system is racist. But what I came out of the weekend with was a, a deeper understanding of the um, the actual mechanisms used to uh, disproportionately incarcerate black people and uh, Latinos, but mainly black people, um, which is mainly mandatory minimum drug sentencing and especially the uh, the way that that manifests through crack cocaine. Yeah, it's it was really an educational thing, and I, I you know I haven't read um, the new Jim Crow. I need to, but I was definitely moved by the personal speaking and all all that sort of good stuff. So, uh, how do you guys feel the actual lobbying went? Uh, did the reps listen? Well, you know, I um. <clears throat> I was surprised to find that it was much easier to lobby our local Republican congressmen. Uh, it was so much easier than lobbying at our uh, Democratic senators. Both Boxer and Feinstein basically already had their position nailed down. Like, we support this bill, but we aren't even going to consider uh, going any further, like pushing it to the floor for a vote or... Um, or trying to help find Republican co-sponsors. Like, they weren't even open to the idea of talking about that or even, like, responding directly to that kind of a question. Um, while the Republican senator, he's not in support of the bill yet, um, as you might understand from him being Republican. And um, he was just, he just came out with the attitude of, persuade me, tell me why this bill is better than the bills that I have disagreed with in the past and uh, let's see what we can come to an agreement on yeah he seemed very i, I thought he was just gonna kind of throw us out 
Um, or either that or just have his aide talk to us and then, like, not come back or ignore us or something. But he listened, and I give him a lot of credit for that. That was That's Congressman Doug LaMalfa of California's District 1 that we talked to. And let's see. For the House, we talked about the... Sentencing and Corrections Reform Act? Yep, of 2015, and what's the other one to help me out? Risk Reduction Act? Yeah, the recidivism, recidivism risk reduction, I believe. It's the two bills in the House were the equivalent of the one bill in the Senate. And the Senate bill was uh, the Sentencing Reforms and Correction Act of 2015. So uh, that was what we were lobbying for. And uh, what were your feelings, Paige? Oh, um, yeah, I agree with what Jack said. Um, you know, when we asked our Democratic senators, like, what more can we do to help you? We didn't actually get to talk to the senators themselves. We talked to their aides. Um, but they were basically like, meh, nothing. And then when we talked to Doug LaMalfa and we talked to Doug LaMalfa himself, we were like, oh, what can we do to help you decide? And he, you know, said, well, I'd like to hear from, um, like, law enforcement in the district and the sheriff's office and stuff like that. So he gave us things that we could do. He was, he did seem to, um, be like persuadable. Yeah. He, he definitely listened and he even featured us in his newsletter, his email newsletter, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. What about you, Peter? How did you feel the lobbying part went? It was really remarkable how, at ease we we felt talking to um republican doug lamalfa and how much he like 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 jack says and how much he uh listened like you said there's just so much more to be said um talking to someone in opposition of an issue than hemming and hawing over finer details with someone who agrees with you yeah well it, it i was really frustrated by visiting the senators because it really seemed like a partisan thing to me, and I, you know, I'm a socialist, so I don't fit into the system whatsoever, but, you know, I generally will give more consideration to Democrats' proposal than I will to Republicans' proposal. In fact, I don't, I make a point personally of just ignoring Republicans, because they're awful, but, (laughs) you know, that's kind of a dangerous attitude in Washington when you're trying to work within the system, and I think that's, Mm. you know, that's kind of the same attitude our senators had, and, you know, like it or not, we have a Republican-controlled House and Senate, I'm pretty sure, Um, so, like it or not, we have to compromise, and, you know, i I'm I'm a bit of a political bigot, I will admit it, but um, the frustration for me was, okay, if I can get over my political bigotry and talk to LaMalfa, surely you guys can, like, talk to some sort of Republican at some point. That was kind of my feeling about it, but... So anyway, let's move on. Um, what do we plan to do, or do we plan to go back in the future, and if so, what would... What would you change? Um, for me, I would consider going back in the future. Um, it kind of depends on the issue. Um, and something I might change is, um, like, I would really look at the schedule because they gave us an itinerary of, you know, the times that everything is happening and maybe not go to um, everything like I did. I want to, like, everything. 
Um, and it took its toll. Right? And it took its toll on me. You know, it was like a lot. really tiring, really loud. So there's there'd probably be some portions that I wouldn't go to, but there would definitely be things like I would definitely go and see the certain speakers. Um, and maybe not others. Yeah, I would definitely echo that. What about you, Jack? Well, I certainly plan to continue uh, being involved in politics, especially with my state and local representatives. Um, But I think that to go out to Washington, I would need another opportunity such as this where my support was needed and, um, and someone wanted my support enough to pay for my flight out because I just don't feel that my uh, uh, my individual support is worth um, like you know it's just not sustainable to to fly out for six hundred dollars every uh, every time you want to talk to your congressman. Yeah, well, so as as part of this huge momentum of spring lobby weekend with four hundred people, I think it's worth it. But um, but yeah, and I would not I wouldn't change anything. It, went great. I feel like I learned a lot, and uh, oh, I would wear a tie. <laughs> yeah, I probably would wear a tie going back. I hate ties, but I probably would wear a tie and bring a sweater uh, if I could change anything, but uh, I definitely would have, I agree with you, Paige, I wouldn't have gone to all the sessions, or I wouldn't go to all the sessions next time, because it was really tiring, and uh, some, to your point, Jack, I think you know, the senators have offices uh, in California, so we don't necessarily have to trek out to D.C. every time we want to talk to them. Um, So that might be an option. And, you know, if we lobby on the state level, especially on this issue, um, we might be able to make progress, more progress even than on the federal level without having to go all over kingdom come. But I certainly take your point of going to D.C. is kind of a hassle. But it was a good trip. It was worth it. Yeah, it was a really good experience, and I would argue that we should do more lobbying in our district. Doug LaMalfa's office is like a half-hour drive, and Peter, Nicholas, um, Megan, and one of our other friends who didn't come on the trip, we went down there like the week before, and I thought was kind of a cool like lobbying test run, even though LaMalfa wasn't in his office. It was still pretty cool to go there and talk to them about an issue. Yeah, it was, uh, the whole thing was very educational, too. Like, I mean, I have been spending almost 10 years ranting into my microphone on this podcast about how much I want to change the world and how things should be, essentially the socialist version of Rush Limbaugh, but it's a lot more effective to go and talk to your congressman or talk to your senator or talk to your, um legislative representative, whatever they call it on the state level, or to attend a city council meeting. It's a lot more effective to do that than to rant on a podcast. Not that I will stop ranting on my <laughs> podcast, but... No, no, it's not that. Never stop. Yes. Uh, I'm glad I have support. I guess we covered what uh, did you learn from the event, but uh, do you think we to get we collectively as a group will be following up on the mass incarceration issue or yes okay cool that's that's oh I know Peter wrote a letter to the deputy sheriff association of uh, Butte County and gave them some information about the bill and asked them to take a stance on it because Doug Lamalfa said it would be. Um, that's what he wanted to hear. So 
And he heard back from the head of that department, Corey Honea. Yeah. And um, and he said that, you know, he'll take a stance once he looks at some of the uh, wording of the bill. So, Oh, that's good. That's huge. Yeah, that's encouraging. And, yeah, it made me really want to do more, like, um, write letters to the editor. I went to a session on writing letters to the editor and um, getting pieces in, paper, in the paper. And one of the biggest things I learned from that... Um, that I didn't know was that if you write a letter to the editor or an editorial um, to your paper and they publish it and you write your representative's name in there, it'll come across their desk. They said there's like a 95% chance that they'll see it. So, um, so if I like write a letter about this to the editor and say, oh, you know, we should all support this and you should call Doug LaMelfa and, and tell him what you think, that because his name is in the letter he'll read it in Washington, D.C. Like, he's got people who, like, comb the newspapers to yeah look for that stuff. And I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah, it is really cool. And, you know, I bet if we, uh, if I, like, reshared the link to the KZFR interview Megan and I did last week, uh, sorry we weren't there, Jackie, we missed you, but, um, like, if we reshared that and if we, uh, you know, post this episode between the four or five of us and then you know tag all our reps and then tag fcnl because they wanted to be tagged i bet that'll get some attention too so we're definitely doing something positive i think um and i i know i personally i don't have a a strong an interest in mass incarceration as i do for maybe like universal health care or tuition free uh, college or relieving student debt. Uh, those are kind of more of the issues I care about. But you know what? Uh, if I have the op- opportunity to lobby more or to work with you guys on making a difference here, uh, you know, this is a great group of friends, and I think we should definitely do more of this. So, uh, any other thoughts, Peter? Um, no, not really. Just, uh, I, I guess, basically echo uh, what you just said. Um, you know, uh, getting a good group of uh, friends together and um, um, and working towards a common goal is um, a worthwhile endeavor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so anything else anybody wants to add before we kind of start to wrap it up? The biggest thing I learned was, like, it wasn't about mass incarceration. It was, like, how about how the political system in Washington, D.C. works. Like, how bills come to the floor or don't and the committees that work on them and how you compromise for things and how the votes go and I don't know like it was just a lot of stuff that I kind of had like this nebulous idea of but um, hearing them talk about like how it actually works in reality in action um, how people you know, have jobs built around this was like it was really fascinating to me to um, get kind of that little picture to um, how the political system actually works um, <laughs> because like, you know, I'm just ignorant of it I guess and I think that you know in school you learn about oh the house and the senate and they pass the bills and the supreme court does this but you don't really know about like the details yeah out. Yeah, it's very practical, and, like, you can see, you know, the Capitol building, and we walked by the White House, or at least some of us walked by the White House, and so it's like, okay, it's real, it's here, 
You know, if we had unlimited amounts of money, theoretically we could go here and be part of our government's operation lobbying on things all we wanted to. Um, and I, I keep thinking of the Schoolhouse Rock song, I'm Just a Bill. <laughs> yeah. That's you should what, play that. You should play that on your show, like, to close it. I, I think I will, actually. Um, I, I might get in trouble, but you know what? Copyright law, flaw. Don't care. Um... There we there we go. Uh, so you guys, we'll, we'll lobby to change the copyright law. There we go. That's that's what we'll do. Uh, do you guys want to play a quick game of twenty questions, or are we too tired for that? Yeah, let's do it. All yeah, right. I'm down. All right. Hey, before we start, I want to tell you guys about um, something involving uh, uh, mass incarceration and re- reducing recidivism and stuff. There's an, there's an event coming up pretty soon. Um, it's, uh, April 6th, um, from 11 to 1230, um, at, at the Center of Excellence, which, we can have it, yeah. which is, uh, I guess you can look that up and find it. Is that local to Chico, or is that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe if you can send me a link to it, I'll put a link to it in the show notes so people can find it. Uh, all right, who wants to be the one with the the thing that we're trying to guess? I definitely want to be the one. All right. But, but if if other people do, we could have some random way of determining it or something. No, yeah. Jack can be it. We played, we got into playing 20 questions at the airport, and there was a group of five of us, and so there's one person who has the thing, and we were all trying to come to a consensus on which question we should ask. I think we should call it Consensus 20 Questions, which is a much more interesting variation on the game, I must say. Um, Alright, so, what is it, Jack? Person, place, thing? It's, um... Well, it's, uh... I don't know, it's a non-person living thing. It's a non-person living thing, so an animal. Or a plant. Or a plant, okay. So or a bacteria... Or one of those other fungus. But it's got to be biological in nature. So I guess we, we'll start with that. Kind of that assumption. Um, Alright, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write down the facts, 1 through 20, uh, on our shared document. Okay, cool. Okay, so the first question I always like to ask, I don't know if the group's going to be down with this, I always want to ask, is it bigger than a bread box? I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Peter, are you okay with that? Yeah. The question is... Is it bigger than a bread box? No. Alright. Alright, now... I, I think we have to... kind of, um, account for maybe it being really small, so... maybe something like, can you look at it with a microscope? Or like... Well, you can look at anything with a microscope. No, yeah. that's true. Don't answer that question, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I definitely agree, Nicholas. We should account for it being really small. So maybe like... What about like, does it fit in a thimble or so- something? Does it? Maybe does it fit in a beaker? Yeah. Okay. Does it fit in a beaker? No. Dang it. Okay, so it's like middle range size, like the size of a small furry mammal. 
Oh, is that the direction we could go? We could ask, uh, like, is it a certain mammal or a reptile or whatever the other categories are? Oh, yeah. I'm okay with that, Peter. You okay with that? Um, Should we ask if it's a mammal or or a vertebrate, maybe? Yeah, like more like categories. So, like, is it a vertebrate? Yeah. Just narrow it down. Uh, right. Go ahead, Paige. I, I'm okay with it. You're okay with that? Okay, Jack. Is it a vertebrate? Uh, let's see. Google says yes. Okay, so it has a has a spine. But he had to look it up. Yeah, he did have to look it up. That is not permissible in the court of law. <laughs> Alright, um... It's a vertebrate. Now should we ask if it's like... It's a mammal or a reptile or an amphibian? That was the other category I couldn't think of. Yeah, um... I think it probably isn't a mammal just because he had to look it up. Yeah, it's true, but huh? that might have been a red herring. That might have been... That might have been, you know... Throwing us off. Him trying to throw us off. Yeah, um... Why don't we ask if it's a reptile? Okay. Okay, I'm okay with that. Alright, is it a reptile? No. Okay. So now it's either an amphibian or a mammal. Or a fish. Oh, yeah, I suppose it could be a fish. But does a fish have a vertebrae? Yeah. Yeah, they've got spines. Okay, fair enough. Um, Sharks and stuff do. Well, maybe we could just ask generically to cover, like, whales and such. Does it live in the water? Right, right. Yeah, is it an underwater creature? Is that... Yeah, that's fine. Does it live, does it live at any point in its life? Well, oh. I don't know. Like, I feel like human babies live in, like, a sack that's kind of like water. Okay, okay I'm not gonna say... <laughs> I'm not going to say yes to a human. I'm not going to be a jerk. <laughs> okay, I, I, I think I'll let you guys ask, is it a water animal? Okay, so Peter, what was your phrasing? Um, Does it live underneath the water at, at any point in its life cycle? Because, like, tadpoles. Yeah, and, yeah, um, is it a water, is it a water creature? Okay. No. Is it a, a water creature? No. No. Okay, so it's land-based. Non-reptile. Land-based, non-reptile, vertebrate. Bigger than a beaker, but smaller than a bread box. It could be a bird. It could be a bird. And it's definitely got to be... I don't know. I suppose we cover the bird possibility with does it fly mm, yes good because bats also fly oh yeah that's a good point does it, <laughs> does it fly jack it flies oh. it flies yay we're on to something um alright now we have to get more specific um, we're only on question 6 so we're doing pretty well yeah this is way better like one of the rounds we got like all the way up to question 17 or 18 yeah, we got, we, we got pretty stuck. We're still here. 
Okay. Um. So I don't know, Paige. What do you, Paige, Peter? What are you guys thinking? Well, I guess we could ask if it's a bird, and then that would rule out any non-bird flying animal. Okay. You guys are cutting out for me. Let me try moving around. Okay. Could be your Wi-Fi. Yeah, because I can hear everybody okay. Okay, I think it might be better. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm okay with that. Uh, so we're, we're kind of like either saying it's a bird or a bat. Is that what we're thinking? Yeah, we want to eliminate the bat. So Okay. we want to ask, is it a bird? Uh, okay, I, I got, I'm okay with that. Okay. Is it a bird? It's a bird. Alright. bird! Now we just have to figure out what kind of bird. There's like so many species of what birds. What type of bird is it, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we should ask if it's like common to the area. Oh! Like, you know, do you see one around Chico? That's a good question. I'm okay with that. Peter? Yeah. Peter says, yeah. Okay. Oh. Go ahead, Paige. Oh, Jack, is it common to Chico, this bird? No. No. Okay. So, <laughs> so what does that eliminate? That eliminates crows... Uh, probably blackbirds. Um, I wonder... Oh! Could, we could ask if it's a bird of prey. Yeah. yeah. Good one. Is it a bird of prey? One sec. He's googling. I like the typewriter sound effect. Yeah, that does work really well, doesn't it? <laughs> Nicholas, do you ever swear in your podcast, or is it is this like a PG-13 podcast? No, I swear. Okay. Okay, uh, yes, it is a bird of prey. Okay, so I'm thinking vulture, heron, uh, what else could it be? Owls are birds of prey, and they're pretty small. Like, a bald eagle, like, would not fit in a bread box, you know? Oh, that's true. Those are big. <laughs> and owls are birds of prey even when they're little. That's true. I, I'm, I'm liking your idea of owl. What, what? Do, you, what do you think, Peter? Uh, I guess we could ask if it's, like, nocturnal. Well, most birds of prey are. I'm pretty sure. But that'll that'll help us certainly. So why don't we ask that? Could it? Because it's it can't be a bat because a bat's a mammal, and we right. know it's a bird. So um, wait, 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 wait. Um. Uh, okay, I mean, uh, in the interest of time, I suppose we can go with that. <laughs> what, what the hell are you doing? Who? Oh, they're just giggling over there. I'm wondering what they're up to. Uh, remembering how we played this in the airport. <laughs> Peter was like, oh, in the interest of time, we should just ask that question. The first game of, like, consensus 20 questions we asked lasted, like, an hour and a half, right? Like, we were waiting and waiting in the airport, and then, like, after we got on the plane and sat down, like, after takeoff, we were still, like, 
<laughs> trying to whittle it down. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We had a fun trip. We had a really fun trip. So we're going with, is it nocturnal? Yeah, I guess. Uh, I'm I okay with that, yeah. Is it, is, it, it is not nocturnal. It is not <laughs> nocturnal. So that rules out owls. Um, what other birds are there? I, I'm, I'm coming up with nothing in the bird category at this point. Well, falcons are some of the smallest birds of prey. I really like birds of prey. I collect bird of prey postcards. Oh, this <laughs> so, is handy then. Yeah, so I know that like falcons are s- some of the smaller ones, and kites are also birds of prey. Um, I think that like I've got like a couple of red-tailed hawks that like hang out on the street, and they're too big. So I think it's got to be smaller than a hawk. In order to fit into a bread box. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I'm, I think falcon is a pretty good guess. Okay. Do so. Do we want to go with that? What do you think, Peter? Yeah. Um. Oh man, I'm, 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 It's going to be tough narrowing it down. Uh, so there's so many varieties. So I guess uh, fal- fal- asking if it's a falcon is a good one. All right. Jack, is it a falcon? Nope. No. Dang it. Okay. Um, kites are also small birds of prey. Um, I mean, vultures are usually pretty big. Yeah, vultures are pretty big. I don't think it's a vulture. Um, I'm trying to think what other birds of prey are there. Um, the only ones I really know are kites and ospreys that are kind of on the smaller, you know. The problem is I don't think like those aren't very commonly known animals. And I'm... Unless you're a bird watcher. Right. So, I suppose we could ask, is it a commonly known bird? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. But, Jack, is that an okay question to ask? What are we... We're up to question 12. Um... Well, I can't answer auxiliary questions like that. You're going to have to use up a question if you want to know the answer to that. Well, can you answer the yes or no to a, to a, to that question? Well, but that gives you information. I think I think we should ask the question. Uh, and see? Okay. All right. Uh, so what was the question again? Um, is it commonly known? All right, Jack, is it commonly known? It is. Okay. Commonly known bird says probably not an offspray or anything like that. Um, Hmm. It's one of those fish, uh, kingfisher. How big are those? They're 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 um, smaller than a bread box. I'm wondering if this is, like, since we're, like, naming species of birds, if this is maybe, like, a personality bird. You know, like a bird that is, like, has a name. Not just, like, a species, like Like a falcon, but, like, big bird. Obviously, it's not big bird, but I don't know, because... Like, Tweety Bird? There's, like... But Tweety Bird is not a bird of prey. No, Tweety Bird is not a bird of prey. I'm just wondering. 
him, I'd be able to see his face. Yeah, I wish we we could be able to see his face. That would give us some clues. But this this is hard over Skype. Um, so I don't know. It, uh, parakeet and parrots. Some those aren't really birds of praise, are there? Like uh, parakeets? I don't think so. I mean, how about does it eat primarily fish? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah, I consent. Okay, so Jack, does it eat primarily fish? Um. Hmm. One sec. He googles again. <laughs> um. I believe not, but I'll just say I don't know. Okay. That gets us nowhere. That sucks. <laughs> uh, no, I'll just, since I don't know how to, we just won't use that. Okay, so we get another question, basically? Yeah. Okay. So, that's, we don't know that. Um... I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm kind of out of ideas here. Um, well, I'm wondering. I know we ruled out owls because we're like, they're nocturnal, but some species of owls are not nocturnal. Oh. And I'm just thinking if it's a bird of prey and it's well known, then it might be, you know, a, like a certain kind of. Ground owl? Like, gra- like barn owl. Snowy Owl, like, Hedwig, for instance, from Harry Potter. She's a bird of prey. Technically. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> so, I, I love the reference. Uh, so maybe if we ask, is it a type of owl? Okay. You okay with that, Paige? I'm okay with that. Alright, is it a type of owl, Jack? No. No. Man! I- I'm How hit- are we going to know what it is? Jeez. I'm hitting brick walls here. I, I'm having problems thinking of birds. Just, uh, I'll give you guys a hint. You're way off track. Way off track. Just because we're already at question 14 and you're just not even close. Ay, ay, ay. Time to review the questions. Yeah, I think so. So it's- There's some really major... There's one major question that you have not asked. Let's see. Oh. It's between the size of... Real. What? Peter wants to know if it's real. Oh! That's a good question. Is it... I Ask away. Is it real? It's not real. Oh. Getting that. That gives us a hint. Uh, Alright, fictional birds. Um, do you guys have any ideas? Um, well, jayhawks are fake birds, aren't they? They're like a mascot, but I don't think that's what it is. It's commonly known and it's not real. 
Yeah, I don't think Jayhawks are all that commonly known. I only know it because I got a postcard of it. If I hadn't gotten a postcard of the fake Jayhawk, then I wouldn't have known it existed. So I don't think it's commonly known. Okay, so I I can't even think of any fictional birds. Right, like Big Bird. Hedwig is fictional, but she's an owl. So... Yeah, it can't be Hedwig. Um... I seriously can't think of any fictional birds. There's, um, like Donald Duck and Daffy Duck, but ducks aren't birds of prey. No. Woodpeckers, but... I I suppose we could ask if it's a character to kind of help us narrow narrow that part of it down. Okay. Peter? Yeah, that's good, that's good. Is it a character? Yes. Okay, we're on the right track. Character bird of prey. Um, that's not real. I'm trying to think of all the Disney creatures I know. Oh, yeah, Disney, there you go. Yeah, um... I mean, all the birds that I'm thinking of in Disney aren't birds of prey. And most of the birds I'm thinking of in Disney are real, for that matter. You mean like they're like, like um, their species? Who is a toucan, and toucans exist, or I, he's not a toucan, but something, something like that, yeah. So I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I'm stumped on this. It's it's up to you guys, I think. Gosh. I'm thinking. <laughs> You're gonna ask like, where does the character appear? You know, like, well, that's it, not a yes or no question. Well, is it in the movies? Is it a, is it on a t- TV show? That's probably a good way to go. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, it's gonna be like, it can't be live action if it's not real. Right. Right. So. It's either got to be computer animated or animated. I just like in a book where it doesn't have to be. I'm trying to think of like a bird of prey that's well known, that's fictional. Yeah, I'm having a hard time. There's just like. Oh, you're listening to something. No, it's a podcast that we're doing. You guys are doing a podcast? Yeah. For what? Um, for this <laughs> lobbying trip that we went on. Nice. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> cool. That's Daniel, everybody. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Hey, hey Daniel. Did he leave yeah. the room? What? I, I was going to try and get Daniel in on this 20 questions. Well, we're playing 20 questions right now. I'm the question giver. Okay. This thing is not bigger than a bread box, does not fit in a beaker, is a vertebrate, is not a reptile... Uh, it's not a water creature. It does fly. It's a bird. It's not coming to Chico. It's a bird of prey. It's not nocturnal. It's not a falcon. It's, it is commonly known. Not an owl. It's not real, which is important. Uh, just got found out. And it is a character in something. Yeah, so we're looking for a fictional bird that's well known. It's a bird of prey. Fictional bird of prey that's well. Well known amongst which community? Oh, that's a good question. 
Yeah, see, I don't know. I was like, maybe it's Hedwig, but it's not an owl, so... Right, and I mean, is it, like, well-known, like, to the common man, or well-known more to a niche audience? So, like, Jack? <laughs> um, if, I would, if it was to a niche audience, I would have qualified my answer to that question. It's well-known. Okay, it's well-known. In America. In America. Well-known in America. Um... Well, there's, like, Herky the Hawkeye... But he's big. Oh, and I've never heard of that, so... Um, oh! I wonder if it's a Seahawk. Oh. But Seahawk... Seahawk's a real bird. Uh, no, not technically. They're, they're a team. I, I wonder if we can make it generic, more generic than that. Is, is it a mascot for a professional football or a professional sports team. You guys okay with that? Uh, I, hmm. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. Okay. Is it a mas- no. Is it a mascot for a professional no. team? No. Okay. So it's. I'll I'll give you one better. It is just not a mascot. <laughs> okay. Alright, we're on to question 17. We have four questions, three questions left. Wait, 17, 18, 19, 20. So we have four questions left, yeah. We're in trouble. Is Daniel gone? No, I'm still here. I'm pondering. Are you, you're thinking about it? I am. I, I like games like this very much. Oh, good. It's a puzzle. Uh, hmm. You know, as I think about this, this probably doesn't make for very good podcasting, but it's fun. <laughs> well, you can warn them that it's coming, and then just say, you know, this the good stuff came first. Yeah, or I could edit around it or something. But anyway, I just I just thought I needed to point that out. <laughs> did we did we ask anything about time, like like what era or like how like what era this would have been well known? Uh, no, we didn't. But I, I don't know how to phrase that question, but... <laughs> you know, is this, is this something we would have seen in history versus something we see now? Or I don't know. Uh, I think that's probably a good... I don't, I don't know how to ask that. Can you think of a better way to ask that, Paige? To phrase that? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm just wondering, because Jack said that, like, it's well-known in America now... But you're wondering, like, when did it originate, maybe? Like, did it originate before? I, mean, yeah, I, 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 guess, I guess I'm more wondering if this is more of a historical icon. Like, this is kind of like a household thing that just any average Joe would know about. So so that was kind of why I was thinking okay. of the historical element. Yeah, well, if it's like a character, it might be good to know, like, you know, if it was in the before the year, before a certain year or after a certain year. Fictional. Um, and no Googling, that's not fair. Um, so could we say, is it, was it introduced to our culture before 1975? I'm just picking a year at random. Um. The other, the other question I have is, is this, did we talk about, is this like a mythical creature or is this like, like a, like a tangible or feasible creature that could exist? Well, it's not real, and it is a character. So... Does it breathe fire and do magic, or is it just a flying bird, just kind of like a hawk or whatever? 
Yeah, we don't know about its magical properties. <laughs> uh, so, I, so I suppose we could ask, does it have magical properties? Oh, because what if it's like a Pokemon or something? It or, could, yeah, right. Or even, even like a Phoenix or something like that. Oh, a Phoenix. That is great. That could be it. That could be it. Um, so why don't we go with, does it have magical properties? Okay. Alright. Does it have magical properties? Are you okay with that, Peter? Sorry, Peter. Peace thumbs up. Okay. Does it have magical properties? It totally does. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. Um, alright, so my guess would be Phoenix. If I had to guess. What are you guys thinking? Well, I don't know. But aside from the phoenix, what other mythical raptor-like magical birds exist in folklore and or uh, sci-fi? Yeah, I think it's probably going to be a phoenix because I'm like, oh, Zapdos, right? For, yeah, Articuno. But, but that's <laughs> not really well known in America. Like, people know Pokemon, but I don't think they know, like, individual Pokemon. Is smaller than a red box? And the phoenix, a bigger uh, bird of prey. Is a phoenix a bird of prey is what Peter wants to know. Um, I, I don't know. I think it might be, but I don't know. I mean, it is mythical, so who really knows for sure? But What's the average, what's the average size of a phoenix, though? Right, like, is it bigger than a bread box? Right, yeah, that was that was because Jack kind of pointed out that that was a thing. I don't know. <laughs> Jack wants to elaborate on, like, how big this bread box is and give us some dimensions. I mean, is this, we're talking like a standard size loaf of bread, I'm assuming. Um, yeah, like, uh, the bread box is... I'm, I'm talking about the size of, like, three loaves of bread in one, like, triangular okay, bread yeah, box. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Okay. Yeah, the bread boxes I know of. They this, is a, more this, than is tan- this is a tangible-sized animal. This is not something that's crazy large. Um. Well, why don't we? But I'm thinking of like, what other magical birds are there? What are birds of prey? You know. Well, I mean, would it be would it be smart to ask the question? Is this? a specific character to something or is this more of a generic you know, because a phoenix is a generic mythical being versus like a Zapdos is a Pokemon I I like I, I that's a good point, I, I would consider that. Yeah, like is it a specific bird, like big bird, or is it like a generic bird, like a phoenix would be a generic, I, yeah we can ask is it, is it generic is that, Peter, is that okay with you? Yeah, fine. Peter says that's okay Alright, go for it, Paige. Jack, is this bird generic? Is it a generic? It is not. It is not. It's It's a specific specific bird. It's a specific bird. Wow, we have two questions left, you guys. You're almost there, you guys. Okay, so if it's well-known in America, this is going to be a TV or movie genre that pretty much any average person would have had some exposure to at this point. So I'm thinking like Harry Potter series, Lord of the Rings, things like that. It could be the Maltese Falcon. Oh, that's not bad. But but he said it was not a falcon. Oh, yeah. But he said it's not an owl, so it can't be Hedwig. So it might be like Fox the Phoenix... That's what I. That's what I was thinking. It's uh, that's like the only character I can think of. But is it like well known in America? 
Well, that's what I'm saying. So, what other what other what other series of TV slash movie is out there that your average person would have had some sort of exposure to? Well, Harry Potter's really popular. I know that. I can't. Yeah. Um. I can't think of any birds in Star Wars. What about um? What about a Mockingjay? Uh, oh. Is a Mockingjay a bird of prey, though? No. Certainly. Well, it's like, but it's not. Is that really like a specific bird character? I guess not. You're right. That's a good point. It's like, it's like, it's specific to a book, but it's not right. like a. Yeah, you're right. We're totally looking for a name versus like a generic bird. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. No. It's cool. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's any like bald eagle characters because you know America. <laughs> It's magical. It's magical, though. I I, I think it's got to be some sort of phoenix. That's what I think. Do you guys have any any knowledge of uh, classical literature? I mean, you know, no something something that we would have been required to read in high school that I'm not thinking of. (laughs) Like a bit, but I'm not thinking of any birds that were in that. Like magical birds, you know. We read like boring, (laughs) depressing kind of books. We read really boring books. So. Without magical birds in them. Yeah. Well, and then here, here's another monkey wrench, too, is that, you know, you guys mentioned, like, Big Bird, like, children's series. There's there's a whole bunch of children's series. <laughs> That's true. Uh, that that opens a whole other kind of area to explore. Jack, did we do a question 17? You haven't been keeping up, I don't think. Yeah, uh... Yeah, there's 17 is it has magical properties, and 18 is that it's a specific bird. Oh, did you go on to the next page without... Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yep. Oh, dear. Come on, you guys. You can do it. We're in question 19, folks. Okay, there's... There's phoenixes, but this is a specific bird. I, I would go with the Harry Potter phoenix. Okay. Yeah, what was that? What was that bird's name, though? It was Fox. Fox the Phoenix. I don't know why I don't remember that. I watched that movie not that long ago, too. I read the book not that long ago. <laughs> I'm a little out, out of date. I, that would that would be my vote. I don't know. What do you get? What do you think, Paige? Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, that's our best bet with all the evidence that it's, like, a specific bird, it's magical, it's fictional, it's a character. Alright, ask away. It's kind of me, by the way. Is it? I still still think he was bigger than a bread box, though. I don't know how specific Jack's going to be on that one. Yeah. Because he totally carried Harry Potter out of the freaking Chamber of Secrets. Right, he's probably bigger than three loaves of bread, right? No, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but he's I, really strong. That's the oh, only guys. Let's ask a question here. <laughs> Paige, ask something. Okay, ask- okay, is it is it Fox the Phoenix from Harry Potter? Yes. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> I'm doing a little dance. <laughs> I can't see that, but I'm doing a dance. Yeah. Yay. We figured it out. All right. Well, 
that was a lot of fun, and maybe not great podcasting, but that was certainly a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> I disagree. Uh, so to wrap this up, uh, it's, I, a, it's a it's a what is it? An experiment in consensus. It's like a way for the common person to practice consensus. Yeah, no, it's a good game. Like it's a good game. I just like don't know if it's. Uh, I'll have to listen to it and see how how much <laughs> I have to cut out. <laughs> Yeah, you could just cut out everything in between all the questions and just have the asking of the question and then the answer. That's true. All right. Well, to wrap this up, we want to make sure that we thank FCNL, Chico Friends, and Megan Fisher, who got us all involved in this. Any other last-minute things you guys want to add before we get out of here? Uh, Thanks for doing this, Nick. Oh, not a problem. I I think we should do this again and... uh, I don't know, on a different topic or something, but that's a lot of fun. Yeah, totally. I like it. Cool. Thanks for having us on, Nick. Absolutely. Well, until next time, guys, stay safe, stay sane, happy railroading. Bye. 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 It's a long, long wait while I'm sitting in committee. But I know I'll be a law someday, at least I hope and pray that I will. But today I am still just a bill. Gee, Bill, you certainly have a lot of patience and courage. Well, I got this far. When I started, I wasn't even a bill. I was just an idea. Some folks back home decided they wanted a law passed, so they called their local congressman, and he said, you're right, there ought to be a law. Then he sat down and wrote me out and introduced me to Congress, and I became a bill. And I'll remain a bill until they decide to make me a law. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I got as far as Capitol Hill. Well, now I'm stuck in committee, and I'll sit here and wait. While a few key congressmen discuss and debate whether they should let me be along, I hope and pray that they will. But today I am still just a bill. Listen to those congressmen arguing. Is all that discussion and debate about you? Yeah, I'm one of the lucky ones. Most bills never even get this far. I hope they decide to report on me favorably, otherwise I may die. Die? Yeah, die in committee. Oh, but it looks like I'm going to live. Now I go to the House of Representatives and they vote on me. If they vote yes, what happens? Then I go to the Senate and the whole thing starts all over again. Oh, no. Oh, yes.
I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And if they vote for me on Capitol Hill, well, then I'm off to the White House where I wait in a line with a lot of other bills for the president to sign. And if he signs me, then I'll be along. How I hope and pray that he will. But today I am still just a bill. You mean even if the whole Congress says you should be a law, the president can still say no? Yes, that's called a veto. If the president vetoes me, I have to go back to Congress and they vote on me again, and by that time you're so By old, that time, it's very unlikely that you become a law. It's not easy to become a law, is it? No. But how I hope and pray that I will, but today I am still just a bill. He signed your bill, now you're a law. Oh, yeah.